Blog Talk Radio. Why not now? Why not here in beautiful New Braunfels, Texas, Republic thereof? My name is Jason Dias, and I am Generation X. And my name is Caitlin Anderson, and I am Generation Next. And together we bring you the only online radio show about all the latest and greatest Christ-centered things happening right here in New Braunfels, Texas, and far, far away in places like Cambodia, Um Caitlin, I had such a great time out at the Marist Prayer Breakfast uh, last Thursday. I think one of the best remotes we've ever had, totally trouble-free. For sure. It was really nice not having any technological issues, but it was also really nice seeing all of the people that have been, uh, not all, but many of the people that have been guests on our show before and uh, reconnecting with them and being able to put a, put a face to a name. Absolutely. It was great. We um we saw a lot of people that have been on this show before and of course uh Caitlin and I have done this show for a long time. We're wrapping it up after three calendar years. We have tonight's show and then next week also broadcasting early at five o'clock to wrap it up. Uh next week we wanna have a guest. We'll just sort of be talking about kind of what lies ahead, what's in the future um, for Caitlin and myself, and kind of looking back on the many, many um, shows that we have, we've done. And um, I got to tell you, Caitlin, you know from doing the show with me that I have a routine uh, about the show. I don't like all kinds of changes, and it wasn't enough to do a remote last Thursday. I'm, re- I'm doing a remote again today, technically, because I'm broadcasting live uh, from the fourth grade room at Cross Lutheran Church and School, Mr. Erickson, our athletic director's room, because right after the show's over, I'm going to walk over to the gym for our 2014-2015 Cross Lutheran Athletic Banquet, and you also have uh, an event tonight. Tell us about that. I do. I have my senior um, awards night tonight. I don't really know exactly what it all entails because they were very vague about it and they didn't give us a lot of details. And I've never been to it before, um, but I'm assuming it's gonna. We're gonna get our honors cords for graduation, and they're going to like announce what scholarships we got and things like that. Um, so that'll be exciting. My grandparents are coming. My parents are going. It'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be a big crowd tonight. I, I love the athletic banquet here at Cross. Uh, we'll have all the all the athletes that are from fifth to eighth grade, and their families will be in. Always oh, a great, great, great time. I know you've been to that event before here at the school. I sent you a picture yesterday of uh, Carter uh, from the banquet a few years ago. He was sporting the bow tie even then. Uh, I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, it was super great, Carter. Uh... Carter's been a fashionista since I uh, inspired him with his clothing, and he definitely rocked the bow tie, that's for sure. Well, well, you heard me talking about the the last remote we did last Thursday, early morning out at the convention center here in New Braunfels. The mayor's prayer breakfast was um, keynoted and highlighted by Dr. Kendrick Kaler, a stone-cold 
son of New Braunfels, Texas. Um, it was sort of a uh, no-brainer when Caitlin and I decided that we were going to end this show. We wanted to have one final guest, and I think we both said at the same time, Dr. Kaler or Dr. Kendrick, and uh, it was such a great uh, thing to finally meet him in person on Thursday. When we get back from the break, uh, we're going to talk about his incredible journey um, that has literally spanned the globe with his service in the Army and his mission as a, a doctor, uh, and we're looking forward to talking to him. We're going to do it all right after this. This is Pastor Don Fraker of Cross Lutheran Church and School, and you're listening to One City Under God. Hello, my name is Regret. I'm pretty sure we have met every single day of your life. Absolutely. I just turned around and looked out the back window. If I stood up, I can't because of my headphones, but if I stood up, I could probably see uh, the Christ Presbyterian Sanctuary from where I'm sitting. And, of course, it is his home church. It is Caitlin's home church. Great friends of us here at Cross Lutheran, uh, Christ Presbyterian. It was so great to meet you. Finally, in person, Kendrick, and welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for joining us again. Jason and Caitlin, thank you for having me back on the it show. It is great, great, great. Idea. You heard us talking about it's. Uh, we're kind of winding down our show. We got two shows left. We were excited to have you as our our, our last guest. For folks that didn't get a chance to get out to the Mayor's Prayer Breakfast or might not have a chance to download that podcast, please tell us about you. Um, you heard me say that you are a son of New Braunfels, Texas. When you were talking about your dad, I saw a lot of people in front of the table pointing um, at, I guess, things that your dad had, had worked on. Your dad was an orthodontist, right, or a dentist? Yes, he was an orthodontist. And yeah, I saw when, here yeah. when, uh, when you said time, that, I saw a years. guy a guy that was sitting right in front of me pointed to something like he did my tooth or he did my crown. I thought that was so cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. you know, it was so funny. Uh, so tell us about you and your life growing up in New Braunfels, uh, your service and your journey to West Point and your service in Saudi Arabia. Just tell us that great story um, right up to the point um, where you were in Saudi Arabia. You bet. Well, um, as you had mentioned before, I grew up in New Braunfels and uh, graduated from New Braunfels High School in 1981. While I was in high school, I was um, in three varsity sports for several years, uh, basketball, football, and track and field. I tended to excel a lot more in track, uh, going all the way to the state meet my senior year in the 800 meters. I got picked up uh, at least uh, West Point, the U.S. Military Academy, also known as Army, and athletics for a nomination, and so I decided to go there uh, in 1981. Um, while I, uh, just a little bit spiritually, I was uh, a person who was, I guess, would be called a deist. I, I felt that God had created the world, but then kind of stepped back. Things just happened as they did, and then God would deal with it once we got to heaven. Um, so there was no real communication with God, no prayer, no really reading the Bible other than in church. Um, you know, while at West Point, it was more of the same. I would go to church every Sunday. I felt like I felt uh, a warm and fuzzy feeling, you know, like a comfort when I was in church. But my life was fairly compartmentalized at that time. Like once I was out of church, I was back to the normal uh, self. 
right. being uh, self-absorbed and uh, concerned about my own activities, not really able to empathize with others, that kind of thing. I did uh, run track at West Point for four years, was on the varsity track team and traveled all up and down the East Coast running in the Ivy League and did well in that. And uh, came time for graduation, and I went to infantry. They really pushed doing the combat arms up there. Yep. So I, I, as they used to say, drink the Kool-Aid. So uh went into the infantry and was uh, went to uh, Army Infantry Officers Course in Fort Benning, Georgia, and then the Airborne Course there, and then Ranger School uh, also in Fort Benning, Georgia. And finished all that up and then went out to Fort Ord, California, the 521 Infantry. And when I was there, the first couple of weeks I was there, they notified us that our unit would be going to the Sinai Desert in Egypt for a peacekeeping mission with what they called the Multinational Force and Observers. That mission was set up by uh, President Jimmy Carter uh, during the Camp David Peace Accords in 79 with Nakam Begin and Anwar Sadat. And so that takes us up to the point where we deployed the Sinai Desert. So how did uh, you come to follow Christ? Well, um, I was, my parents were very godly people and they would take us to church on Sundays and they would read the Bible with us at home. But had I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior? No. And I think I can tell that, you know, when I was in the desert and, uh, and had an accident. Um, I was uh, driving one afternoon and uh, dropping off a patrol in the desert. It was probably three or four in the afternoon, very hot. And I had dropped off a patrol in the desert and was coming back to the hard road. Once I got up into the paved road, was driving around a corner, and uh, there was uh, the Jeep had been pulling to the left when I put on the brake, but this time, I put on the brake and the Jeep just locked on the left side and went off the road. And over in Egypt, they, in the desert, they kind of dig the dirt on the sides of the road and make a crown in the middle. So the Jeep went off. I hit the, uh, I think I hit the windshield and then I was knocked unconscious and rolled with the Jeep and was uh, thrown out. Uh, the Jeeps had no cab, no seat belts, no roll bars, nothing. So we were just, just thrown out. Uh, during that time when I was knocked unconscious, I saw a very bright white light and it was all encompassing and it felt like, uh, it was warm and it felt like love really. And I heard thousands of angels singing, hallelujah, hallelujah, praising, uh, what I know now is Jesus. And just for a brief second, then I woke up and there I was, uh, on the desert floor, uh, with the severe back pain. I could not feel below my chest. And I knew that time that there was a, had a serious accident. Um, however, prior to that, there was really no joy in my life. But when I woke up, I, I really felt like I had seen a glimpse of heaven and that God was real, Jesus was real. All these little Bible stories I had read as a kid were real. And uh, there was a, a joy. Even with this tragedy, there was a joy after that, knowing that there was a Heavenly Father, that Christ loved us, died for, for our sins, and he wanted us to have eternal life. 
Well, I'll tell you, it was a fascinating um, – I had heard a lot of this story because of the first time you were on our show, but hearing it in person at the Mayor's Prayer Breakfast, very, very inspiring. Um, you, you, you've heard me talk about this on the show before, that we have kind of a similar military chronology. We were both stationed at Fort Ord at the same time, unbeknownst to both of us, before the first time you were on the show. I have driven – those Jeeps you're talking about. I can remember we got the Humvees as new vehicles that replaced the Jeeps, and my first thought was, well, at least they have a roof on them. They look a lot safer than the Jeeps we've been right. we've been driving around. And um, so I know exactly what you're talking about. No seatbelts, um, no protection, and of course, the, the Jeep accident, as you said, it was traumatic. You said when you came to, you knew that you had suffered um, a very, very severe um, spinal injury and of course you had to start dealing with all of that and at the mayor's prayer breakfast you talked about the really like the stages of death that, that you know you, you go through bargaining and denial and anger and acceptance but once you accepted it um you had already thought about going to medical school medical school um maybe post army uh career uh and so you went to medical school um you became a doctor and then you got called into a very, very special ministry. Tell us about how you got called into that ministry. Well, I was finishing up my residency in family practice down in Corpus Christi, and I kept having dreams at night about going to some remote land where they had very poor medical care, medical education, and also they wanted or did not know the gospel about Jesus Christ and establishing a hospital. So these were recurring dreams kept coming, coming very vivid at night. Uh, and at the time, I was uh, going to church, in Bible study, praying, uh, those kind of things. So I knew that this was from God. And it got to be where I almost couldn't even get up to go to work here in the States anymore, that God was really pushing me toward doing this. So uh, I, at the time, I was going to a Baptist church. And uh, this is prior to the active, the very active internet. And so I pray that the next uh, needs letter from the Baptist Foreign Mission Board, uh, wherever the hospital was, the first one that needed me, I'd go there. And so I got the letter the next month. I opened it up, and it was to a place called Thailand. Hmm. So I was in. That was a wonderful experience. I was in Thailand for two years, uh, working at the Bangkla Baptist Hospital. It had been there 40 years or 30 years already and well-established Christian uh, missionary physicians there, John Gibson and Doug Derbyshire. So I kind of apprenticed under them for two years, and then I started to get restless again. I knew, you know, know God is working in your life when you're, you know, you're in Scripture and you're praying and all that, but you're getting restless. So I knew he was about to move, and sure enough, uh, I met a Cambodian guy who told me there was no doctors in Cambodia that had all been killed during Pol Pot and the Khmer Rouge back in uh, the late 70s, and they were trying to rebuild the country. And so I inquired about it, and there was a position uh, open with the Baptist Foreign Mission Board in Phnom Penh in the National Military Hospital. So what is so your role? Went, in, oh, go ahead. Mm-hmm, go ahead. So anyway, I uh, I established a clinic there in June of 2000, and uh, we, really there to support the churches. So the, all the churches in Cambodia would bring the patients to us, them and their neighbors, and we pray with everyone. We do our best to uh, get them surgery or chemotherapy, whatever treatment they needed, and also we taught young medical students. So after 
many years, I resigned from that position, came back to the States, and in 2012, now I'm down in uh, Kampok at a new hospital, uh, a very large hospital, and I'm teaching 24 family practice doctors. Uh, so I'll be heading back in about a month to do that. So what what are you doing with these uh, these 24 doctors? What's your role in Cambodia now? I'm considered faculty, so they'll uh, uh, ask for me when they need to present a patient. They have a diagnosis they can't figure out or to reaffirm the diagnosis and the treatment. And unfortunately, and this could be day or night. I mean, it's in the outpatient department, inpatient, emergency room, that kind of thing. So that can be quite tiring. But uh, at the hospital, we are not able to share Christ within the hospital grounds. However, I have a pastor uh, that will visit the patients outside the hospital uh, should they show a desire. That's awesome. You you formed a nonprofit called Gilead's Hope. We've got the link on the episode page. Um, it's a nonprofit that's helping um, to facilitate the work that you do um, when you can, spreading God's word in Cambodia. Uh, I wanted to ask you, if folks want to support that, how can they uh, support and donate to Gilead's Hope? Well, the best way to do that is by the website, www.gileadshope.com. Dot .org just one word no no uh, apostrophe gileadshope.org and so all seen- all the uh, money excuse me all the money uh goes directly to patient care and the money is used mainly for open heart surgeries uh, where patients have to be put on the heart pump, uh, heart pump machine to repair uh, damaged cardiac valves and it's usually from rheumatic heart disease where the patients at a young age get a strep throat. It goes untreated, and then the antibodies uh, that are attacking the bacteria in the strep throat actually attack, attack the valves of the heart and scar them down. So people in their 20s and 30s are dying from strokes mm. and heart failure uh, because of this. So for $4,000, we can have their valves either repaired or replaced, and they can have a fairly normal life. The other things we'll do is uh, chemotherapy or maybe certain medications. We do have young people with kidney disease where we have to buy some more expensive medications that may cost $2 a pill. They take for three to six months. That'll shut down their immune system from attacking their kidneys and uh, put them in remission. So it's usually for the more difficult, more expensive type interventions. Wow. Well, it's really great uh, hearing the specific stories of the people in Cambodia that you're helping through your nonprofit, Gilead's Hope. Um, What ways have you seen God working in Cambodia lately? I would say that people are less afraid to become Christians. In the past, well, in Cambodia, to be Khmer or to be Cambodian is to be Buddhist is the thing. And it's nation, religion, king is their motto. So to to deny Buddhism is to deny in many people's eyes that you're actually Cambodian, that you've sold out to the West or to the Western religions. But you ask the majority of the people that are Buddhist, they're not satisfied because it's a works-oriented type faith and there's no assurance. And they see the hypocrisy and 
although we have that in Christian faith too, but they see it quite openly in the Buddhist faith. So I think they're more more willing to accept Christ. There's less persecution from family members. It's usually nothing serious, but it's just shunning. They don't want anything to do with them. It's a shame. They're shamed because their relative became a Christian. Mm-hmm. But I feel now wow. it's, it's better. And I've also noticed a maturation of the Cambodian pastors. When I first got there, it was uh, kind of a refugee situation in 2000 where the pastors uh, were jumping on the bandwagon because a lot of support came from the American mission agency. But that's been uh, cut back, and now it's uh, I see more of the uh, Asian uh, Christians, such as the Singaporeans, the South Koreans, coming in as evangelists and spending a lot of time living uh, even larger numbers amongst the Cambodians. And so they're being taught, and the Cambodian pastors are maturing in their faith, which is nice to see. That is great to say. Hey, folks, we're list- we're visiting with Dr. Kendrick uh, Kaler. We're going to take a quick break, and we get back from the break. I'll ask him about uh, when he's heading back to Cambodia and the experience of speaking at this prayer breakfast, and we'll do it all right after this. Blessed be your name when I'm found in the desert place. This is Pastor Jeff Marco from the New Braunfels Church of the Nazarene, and you're listening to One City Under God. A lot of times we're just trying to fill time before the event starts. And so we played Pastor Marco's bump. And on cue, Pastor Marco walked up. He was in line at breakfast uh, and said hello. Uh, we also had the pleasure of his daughter, Ashley Marco's company. And I saw um, their son while we were there as well. Hey, Dr. Kelly, tell us um, first, when are you heading back to Cambodia? And what was the experience like? Uh, there were a lot of people at the Mirror's Prayer Breakfast. Tell us about it. Well, I'll be heading back around June the 20th and be there for the the rest of the summer and early fall. Uh, the Mayor's Prayer Breakfast, was I was a little bit uh, apprehensive because having grown up here, many of my uh, former teachers, coaches, classmates, friends, and my parents' friends uh, were there. So uh, I had to refrain. I was always wanted to say a few comments about you know, things that had happened, but there was only so much time. But I think the reception was good. I, I feel like I spoke from my heart uh, trying to relay the experiences that I had, what God has shown me over the last uh, near 30 years that I've been a paraplegic, and how uh, through prayer I've relied on his guide, guidance and that he is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. He has provided all along the way. So, uh, and I also I think I emphasize the fact that God is sovereign and that nothing happens outside of his will and nothing is a surprise to him. So what a blessing and a comfort it is as a Christian that we can just totally rest in him, having faith that he's got a plan, a good plan for our lives. Well, isn't that the truth, Kendrick? And I found that in my own life, you know, I can say that to myself. I can say, yes, God's got a plan. God's got a good plan. But once you start truly believing that God has a plan and it is good for you because you love him, uh, it's it's really just an amazing feeling. Um, but this this marriage prayer breakfast was a great, great opportunity 
for you to be able to reach out to the community and speak to the community. Um, what would you like the community to know about your ministry in Cambodia? Well, I think the main thing is uh, I need prayer regarding uh, language. I do speak Khmer fairly well, at least medical Khmer, and I would hope that I would be able to show the love of Christ through my words and my actions, and I pray that God would give me wisdom uh, regarding uh, medical and spiritual issues there. Um, And also pray that God would give me wisdom as to how to spend the limited resources that I have, which patients to choose for surgery, which ones I have to deny, because when I deny them, they're usually going to die. Uh, Mm. But at least uh, if that's the case, then the Pastor Shanta, my friend, can share the gospel with them. And frequently when they're at their, you know, when they're seriously ill, they're very open to the good news of Jesus Christ. I was very struck by uh, the stories you were sharing. People that um, live here in the United States, you know, we, we healthcare has become something that we, we have debated quite a bit here in our contemporary culture. Uh, but you were describing a place where the most basic of medical care can be a challenge for entire populations. And uh, on behalf of Caitlin and myself, I want you to know that we were both in complete lockstep agreement, that we wanted you to be our final guest on the show. Uh, I have admired everything that you've been involved in. It was such a tremendous privilege to meet you in person uh, last Thursday. The last thing I want to ask you is how can our listeners, uh, what kind of things can they pray about for you and your ministry going forward? Sure. Um, Day to day, it's quite stressful there. Uh, Patients coming in, we don't have the uh, laboratory support, the diagnostic imaging support that you have here. So we have to make a lot of our determinations based on just history and physical exam. And I just pray that God give me wisdom and give the physicians wisdom that will make the right call and give the right treatment and certainly do no harm. And then, uh, as I had mentioned before, uh, about uh, language acquisition. And the last is that I have good health while I'm there because I am paralyzed. And there are health issues that do come up, especially in a tropical environment. But uh, I just trust the Lord will see me through. Well, it's been one of the tremendous blessings of this show. I had a chance to meet people that I don't think I would have gotten to know. I know that's true for Caitlin, too. We met people that we would not have known otherwise. And as I said before, on behalf of Caitlin and myself and everybody here at the show, uh, Dr. Kayla, we wish you the absolute best doing God's work literally around the globe. Thank you so very, very much for honoring us as the last guest on our show. Thank you so kindly. You're welcome. Thank you for having me, and and I do pray as you take this next step in your ministry. Thank you so much. Dr. Kempicello. We'll wrap it up right after this. Hello, this is Amy Rutherford, Associate Pastor of Renew Church, and you are listening to One City Under God. Broadcasting live from Cross Lutheran Church.
Church and School in the year of many uh, lasts. I am here for the final banquet uh, of my, for my family here at Cross Lutheran Church and School. Caitlin is headed out to her senior awards night. And, well, Caitlin, it has come down to two minutes left on this show, which means we have about 32 minutes left on the air in the history of our show. i got to tell you, next week um, I'm looking forward to our last show. I want to talk about um, the past on the show, the future for both of us. But most, most of all, I hope next week I can convey to you and everyone how grateful I've been for this show and how it's afforded me the opportunity to get to know somebody like Dr. Kaler, who I did not know until we started doing this show. Uh, Jason, I feel the exact same way. Just so blessed and so thankful by this show um, for, uh, over the past few years. It's been just really such a great experience. And not only have I been able to meet awesome people and hopefully inspire um, our community, I have been inspired. Um, and I would just hope that um, our community would learn so much. And our, our shows are going to be there forever. Our shows are not yeah. disappearing. Jason, as that's you know, true. they're going to be on the Internet. The Internet right. is eternal. <laughs> It'll be <laughs> there forever. Right. <laughs> so, you know, you can always go back and listen to any of our shows. Um, but yeah, it's also been good for me, Jason, because I have been able to further develop my communication skills and God has really used the show to help reveal to me, um, my passions and my talents and my gifts, um, and help direct my life. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I'm actually, like I said, I'm, I'm broadcasting from, um, uh, Mr. Erickson's room. It wasn't always his room, but it's actually the room where we would do the PSIA practice. Gosh, this goes way back. I think you were in sixth grade. Emma Douglas was in eighth grade. Um, uh, uh, Aaron Newland was on that PSIA team. Uh, it's just kind of great that it's all coming full circle here in this familiar place that is Cross Lutheran Church and School. And uh, I'm looking forward to next week. And uh, we'll wrap it up. Uh, we'll wrap up our program next week one last time. And so, Caitlin, why don't you get us on out of here, and we'll talk to everybody next week. All righty. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. I hope you guys have a great week. We'll talk to you all next week. Make sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to us on iTunes. From Jason Dice and I, good night. One city under God.